for Creature by Trevor Allen. Chapter One. To Miss Margaret Seville, March 15th, St. Petersburg. You will be happy to hear that no disaster has occurred which might hinder the commencement of my voyage, one which you have regarded with such dark foreboding. Do not worry about my safety. Think of the benefit to mankind, the discovery of a northern passage near the pole, a shorter route to those lands which at present take so many months to reach. The ship is strong, the crew good, and the weather clear. If we should meet again, after I have crossed these immense seas and returned home, then perhaps I will give up this wandering life. However, if you should never hear from me again, then remember me with tenderness and affection. Captain Robert Bolton. July 1st. We are underway. I had hoped to sail much earlier and avoid the shifting pack ice as much as possible, but one catastrophe has followed another. If I were a superstitious man, I would have turned back many times already. But a kind of divine madness hurries me on. I know you may never read this, but it comforts me to think I am speaking with you. Love, Robert. August 11th, I celebrated my 30th birthday with moldy bread, salted pork, and the last of the scotch. <laughs> but I could not be more overjoyed at the prospect of completing this voyage. We sighted our first iceberg at some distance, though a bit too close for my liking still. I wish that I was able to describe the terrible beauty of this place. The northern lights are awe-inspiring, and there is life here, of a kind that is both odd and wondrous. I wish that you could see these sights with your own eyes. My spirits are high, even though the cold is severe. The ink freezes as I pen these words. September 4th, somewhere in the Arctic Ocean. So strange an incident has occurred that I must record it. We are nearly surrounded by ice. It has closed in around the ship on all sides, scarcely leaving her room to float. Our situation is somewhat dangerous, especially since we are encompassed by a very thick fog. We have dropped anchor. Yesterday the mist cleared away, and I saw stretching out in every direction a vast plain of ice. It seems to go on forever. I went below deck and was endeavoring to get some rest since I had been on watch all night, when the crew began calling to me. They said that they saw something on the ice. I went forward and a strange sight met me. What looked like a sled drawn by dogs passed us at the distance of half a mile to the north. Something sat in the sled. It was shaped like a man, but it seemed distorted somehow. I watched the rapid progress of this traveler through my telescope until it was lost among the distant inequalities of the ice. That night the ice cracked and freed our ship. 
However, we lay too, fearing to encounter those huge masses in the dark. In the morning, as soon as it was light, I went on deck and found all the sailors busy on one side of the vessel, apparently talking to someone in the sea. I peered over the side. Floating on a large fragment of ice, I saw a dog sled. None of the dogs remained alive. But there was a man, covered in ragged furs, standing there. The sailors were trying to persuade him to come aboard. The stranger addressed me. Before I come aboard your vessel, tell me where you are bound. You can imagine my astonishment on hearing such a question from a man on the brink of destruction. It was only when I told him that we were on a voyage of discovery towards the pole that he consented to come on board. He was nearly frozen and dreadfully emaciated by fatigue and suffering. I have never seen a man in such a wretched condition. I asked him why he had come out so far on the ice. To seek one that fled from me. Did the man that you pursued also travel by sled? It did. Well, then we have seen him. Which direction? Tell me. A due north. Good, good. I will rest now, but then I must continue. September 5th. My guest has rested and recovered somewhat. Today he asked me about my intention of going north. North? What do you hope to find there? It's been my lifelong ambition to cross uncharted seas, to conquer the unknown. I seek a course through the ice to the lands beyond. This expedition may fail, but one man's life is a small price to pay for the acquirement of knowledge. Do you share my madness? Madness? No, I merely wish to explore. That is only the beginning. You don't understand. On the contrary, my dear captain, I understand all too well. What do you hope to find out there? I go north because I must. Who are you following? Not who, Walton. What? My death. It's out there. Uh, I see. I hope you've posted a guard. Well, that won't be necessary. If anyone is out there, he'll freeze to death. Do you wish to die a horrible death? No, of course not. Then listen to me. Arm your men and set a watch day and night. What should I tell them to look for? They'll know it when they see it. It? Yes. The other man? On the sled? He must be drowned by now. I hope to God you're right. You need some rest. We'll discuss this in the morning. My friend, I was once like you. You have hope and the whole world before you. You have no cause for despair. But I... I have lost everything and cannot begin my life again. There is only one thing left for me to finish, and it is waiting for me out there. When my strength has returned, I will attend to it. This creature, can you tell me why you- You may perceive, Captain Walton, that I have suffered greatly. I had decided that the memory of my deeds should die with me, but... But you have persuaded me otherwise. You seek for knowledge and wisdom as I once did. A noble goal. 
but I hope that the gratification of your wishes will not be a serpent to sting you as mine has been. If we were among the tamer scenes of nature, I might fear to encounter your disbelief, perhaps even your ridicule. But many things may appear possible here, at the end of the world. He told me that he would begin his story tonight. Strange and harrowing must be his tale, and frightful the storm which embraced this gallant vessel on its course and wrecked it thus. Our cast included Philip Hoffman and Paul Rosenfield. The entire production was under the direction of yours truly, Alika Spencer Kochnar, and stage managed by Miranda Whipple. Original composition, sound design, and sound engineer for this presentation created by Gregory James Holmes. Video elements assembled by Philip Hoffman, and episode art designed by me. This is Alika Spencer Kochnar, Chief Talent Officer of the Dragon, inviting you to return for Chapter 2 in the Dragon's podcast presentation of The Creature, written by Trevor Allen. In Chapter 2, The Secrets of Heaven and Earth, the Creature and Frankenstein describe their birth and upbringing. We see Frankenstein experience joy, loss, and his schooling begins at Ingolstadt. The creature starts to find his way in a new world and takes shelter near a poor family. Tune in tomorrow to hear the story unfold. Dragon is a non-profit that depends upon the generosity and participation of you. No gift is too large or too small to make an enormous impact. You can feed the dragon directly online at www.dragonproductions.net forward slash CRE donate. All proceeds made from this link will go directly back to the dragon, as well as the artists that made this podcast possible, because only together can we help the arts thrive. Thank you so much for listening.